Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, um, I'm so excited about today's episode. My guest is my podcasting soul sister, Sarah Cottrell. Uh, she's a former big law litigation associate turned podcaster. I'm sure many of you know her from her podcast, The Former Lawyer podcast and she now runs the former lawyer collaborative a program uh, for lawyers looking for alternative careers and she'll tell you more about that in the episode but it's just so fun to chat with Sarah she and I um, you know (laughs) think about these topics a lot Um, but it was really nice to hear her whole full story uh, and her sort of 10-year process of, of leaving the law and following her instincts and her interests into this world where now she feels so fulfilled. You know, at the end of the episode, um, you can just hear how, how meaningful she, she finds her work now, and it's just really inspirational. So I'm sure that you guys will enjoy this episode, and yeah, here we go. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, I'm super excited to have you. I know that we um, we sort of tried to do this a while ago, but we're reconnecting, and I'm just really excited to to have this conversation at this point in time with you. <laughs> yeah, we're basically kindred spirits. I mean, totally. <laughs> we might we m- might sort of share a mind since we started our podcast the same week. I think is that right? I think it was. It was certainly within like two weeks in August last year. So happy uh, late anniversary. To yes, you, <laughs> you too. Um, yeah, I, I I remember when I found your um, a post that it was earlier this year on Instagram. And I think you had like hashtagged it former lawyer, yeah. which is one of the hashtags yeah. Yeah. I follow um, on Instagram. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This, this, this person gets me. <laughs> I know. I know. And it also just tells you, like, people are hungry for this information. If, like, somehow both of us just, like, you know, the zeitgeist sort of communicated to yes, us that, yes, that there totally. was in this conversation. So, um, anyway, so I, I just couldn't be more excited to have you on because I know this is stuff that we both spend a lot of time thinking about, talking about, um, but you are yourself a former lawyer. So I'm going to start where, where I normal start, which is what took you to law school? Yeah. So like many people, that question, the answer to that question is maybe a little bit embarrassing for me, which is I was a double major in undergrad, a leadership studies and international studies, sorry, international Mm -hmm. studies, double major. And I originally thought I wanted to go to DC to work. I went to undergrad in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who went to my school would end up in DC. And then I realized I didn't really want to do that. 
and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I liked research and writing and I'd taken um, a class or two that was like cross-listed at the law school at my undergrad and liked those classes, which were very much like, you know, constitutional law in right. perspective or whatever. Um, right. And I really thought that I wanted to teach law and I decided to go to law school. And I honestly don't remember really like, like the way I'm describing it now sounds like it was a very sort of like measured, formulated right. decision. Um, but I honestly can't identify a particular point at which I decided that I was going to go. It was just like, I wasn't really on that path. And then I was, and yep. there I was. <laughs> yeah. It's like some river that we get ca like caught up in that we're like, I don't know, I guess I'm just riding down this river now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, looking back and this, you know, this is so common, this comes up, you know, on your podcast all the time and on mine as well. Uh, looking back, I realize now that it was, it was a safe path for me because, you know, I, I had always done well in school. That was a big part of my identity. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do after I graduated from college. And so just going on to more school yeah. seemed like, well, you know, that's the easy path. That's the the path. Like no one's going to be like, oh, you're going for an advanced degree. Like what a terrible life choice. Right, um, right. And so there wasn't really any kind of like backstop to, is this really what I should be doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because it, it seems so objectively reasonable, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and so then I got to law school and like I said, I originally felt that I wanted to teach law. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know why I thought that. I think I was just like, oh, teaching and law. I yeah whatever um yeah. <laughs> so I get to law school and I realized pretty quickly that legal scholarship is like not my jam yeah. so um you know in my, in my opinion like legal scholarship and the legal profession are like almost two different totally. worlds like yeah. you're not like legal scholars for the most part 99% of the time are writing for other legal scholars about sort of theoretical things. And yes, they will have some, you know, relationship relationship to something in the real world, but um, it didn't, yeah. for me, it felt like there wasn't a lot of practical effect. And so pretty quickly I realized like, oh, I don't want to spend my life researching and writing about this kind of stuff, which again, looking back, I'm like, wouldn't I have known that that's what you did if you taught, right. like, you know, but in the same, like, you know, similarly, I had no concept of like what career paths were like out of yeah. law school. Like I didn't have any lawyers in my family. Um, I didn't really know any lawyers. And I like, like when I got to law school, I had no idea, for example, what a first year lawyer made in big law, like yeah. at all. And so I was just like woefully uneducated about pretty much everything about the profession. Yeah. And so it was very much like, 
oh, I don't want to teach law. Well, I'm taking on student loans, so I probably should get a job after I graduate. I like research and writing. Okay, I'm going to go be a litigator. Right. Right. <laughs> it just kind of happens, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. once you're there, it's the most obvious, reasonable path. Yeah. Um, yeah. Within a range. Um, yeah. And, and for me, I started in 2005. So this was like before the, you know, great yeah. recession. And so, you know, I went to Chicago, which is a highly ranked school. So like, you know, we had OCI, we had tons of opportunities to interview, we had tons of opportunities to get job offers from big firms. Right. And especially because I didn't go in with any sort of like particular direction or even like knowledge yeah. about what I really wanted to do other than this idea of teaching, which I realized very quickly was not what I wanted to do. Yeah, it just I was just carried along because yeah, like, it was like, isn't this what we're all doing? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. That is yeah. what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did the whole thing and you ended up at a big firm. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so I started at a big firm and in retrospect, I think very quickly I knew this is not like this is not a good fit for me. Yeah. But it was like I almost I couldn't let myself like admit that. Yeah. Um so I I ended up on this really big case, this massive litigation. And everyone would say like, "Oh, this is this is the most intense case you'll ever be on in your entire career. Like nothing will ever be like this." And it was truly horrible. Like Yeah. All, for all the reasons that litigation and big law is horrible and then some personalities like were particularly horrible and then things like I literally had never pulled an all-nighter in like all of my years of like college law school like until I got to the firm and then I was on this case yeah so I was super miserable I remember I would I was would like wake up crying because I was so tired um and but I was like okay well this is just temporary right like this is just temporary everyone on this case is miserable like that whatever right um And so I was on that case for most of my first year and then it settled, you know, midway through the trial as these things do. And it was probably within a month or two of that case settling where I realized, you know, I was, I ended up on new matters doing different Mm -hmm. work. And I realized like, oh, I still really don't like this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Hmm, That wasn't (laughs) any yeah yeah like oh all these people who said like this case is particularly terrible like that might be true in some ways but yeah not for me in terms of like what why I don't like what I'm doing but right but the thing that I really struggled with and again I know this happens so often for other lawyers is that I felt like you know I'm doing well like I was getting good reviews you know people were happy with my work I was, you know, I felt like I was a go-to person. And so like externally, all of the information was like, this is great. You're doing a good job. Like this is what you should be doing basically. Right, right. And up until that point in my life, I I very much had made decisions about what I was going to do based on, can I do it 
I can. Okay, well then I should. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it took me a process of realizing like, just because I could do that job, um, just because, yeah. you know. And do it well. And know? do it well and like yeah. get good feedback. Didn't mean it was the thing that I should be doing or that I had to do it. And and the reality is like, there were plenty of things that I could have done, right? Like, right. like, and so it was probably another year of me sort of like being like, oh, well, maybe I should just go to a smaller firm. And then literally, like, I remember distinctly, I had lined up some interviews. I was like driving to the first interview at a smaller firm. And of course, like, what do you say when you're trying to go to big law from big law to a smaller right. litigation boutique? You know, I want more experience doing like trials and depositions and blah, 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 blah. And right. I'm driving to the interview and I realize I don't want any of those things. Like <laughs> all of the things that <laughs> I'm going to, to say want to do. <laughs> in this interview about like why I want this job, like aren't actually true. And so then I like yeah. get to the interview and I'm like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> So, um, which is a whole other hilarious story of how how I was like apparently sick because I like left and went home and had like a fever. Anyway, this is pre-COVID times. It was just, you know, a regular regular deal. But but it was very clarifying because I was like, oh, it's not just, I don't like big law. It's like this whole deal is not my jam. Yeah. Like, I do not want to be a litigator just because I like research and writing doesn't mean that I like litigation. I'm actually extremely conflict averse. Um, And like writing angry letters about interrogatories is not something that I find fun. Yeah. Um, I do know some people who kind of find that kind of sparring to be enjoyable. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. And yeah, it, so, so, so that's basically where I found myself and the problem that I had after I had that realization of like, oh, I don't want to actually want to go to a, a smaller firm. I don't want to be practicing yeah. law was like, well, crap, right. <laughs> I've been well, on this path forever. I didn't ever really make a decision about what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know what I want to do. I don't even know what I, what I like to do. I just I know. know I don't want to do this. I feel like that is, I mean, that was very much my experience. And I think it's so many people's experience because of this fact that like, you just kind of get on this train and it takes you and you never are forced to ask yourself those questions until you hit like this miserable breaking point where you're like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did you start thinking about like what else you would do? Well, so the other piece of my story, um, which I talk about a lot, um, like on my podcast and just publicly in general, because I, it's just really important for me to raise awareness is that I have a clinical anxiety disorder, but Mm -hmm. I was not diagnosed until after I left big law. And, um, there are a lot of reasons for that, but honestly, a big, big thing for me was like, I had no idea what clinical anxiety looked like. Or that part of why the big law experience was so horrible for me was this um, sort of like complicating factor right. of of having clinical anxiety. And so 
I basically got to the point, this was like in my third year where I was just like, I, this, like I'm functioning and no one else would think there was anything wrong, but I just feel like I'm like, my soul is dying (laughs) and like, I need to get out. I will basically take anything to not have a gap in my resume, which side note, I think I was way too worried about having a gap in my resume, but yeah, whatever, that's neither here nor there. I was like, I will basically take anything. I, I cannot do this anymore. Um, yeah. And again, like in retrospect, looking back, having an anxiety disorder, at least for me, the way that it manifested was really helped me be a great big law associate. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah be super paranoid about everything, constantly check stuff, constantly be looking out for the things that could go wrong, constantly yeah. anticipate everything that any person, any partner might want. Like, yeah, yeah. Make, made me a great associate, but it was very, very bad for me um, right. because it just exacerbated all of my natural sort of like perfectionist tendencies. And then yeah there was like the clinical anxiety piece on top of that. So all of that to say, I basically got to the point where I was like, I just have to get out. I will, I will take anything. And I know I don't want to practice at least not at any sort of firm or like going in house. Plus I was a young litigation associate. Those are kind of few and far between those types of jobs. So there was a legal publishing company in Houston, which is where we lived at the time that, um, created these like desk reference books mm-hmm. um mostly for like texas uh state law and i i mean i used it constantly i literally would have the book like open on my desk and used it pretty much every day i didn't know the company was based in houston and i found out and i was like yeah. hey i wonder if they're hiring <laughs> and they yeah. were they were hiring for their like lowest level um position, which was a legal editorial assistant, um, which was for me, basically would mean I was making approximately one sixth of what I made in big law. And I applied and uh, interviewed and got the job and took it and gave notice and left. Um, And I honestly, I, my time at that company was great. I love it. I sort of call it my year of vacation because it was, It was like exactly what I needed, um, but it was also after about a year, it was like, okay, this is like a little bit too mellow. Like, I feel like I was going 90 miles an hour and now I'm going 10 miles an hour. And like, I need something kind of in that middle range. Yeah. this This was also the point at which, you know, my husband and I had had conversations and we, we knew that I wanted to ultimately not be practicing law at all. And for us, that meant figuring out a way to pay off our combined law school loans. We were both lawyers. We met in law school. Um, And so all of that sort of led to me making the jump to the position that I was in until I actually left the law, which was a staff attorney position at a state appellate court in Houston. And I was there Mm -hmm. for six years. So I practiced for 10 years. um, Yeah. I mean, that's a big chunk. I only lasted four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, I always tell people that the staff attorney position was like, it was as good a lawyer position as you are going to find. Yeah. The work was really interesting. 
um, there were definitely lots of interesting challenges in terms of just like the breadth of what you were working with because in Texas, the um, mid-level appellate courts see everything civil and criminal except for death penalty cases. Mm -hmm. So it was super interesting. I got to work with lots of wonderful people. And honestly, working there is what made me like what crystallized for me, like, I actually don't want to be doing this forever because if if that job was not enough for me to want to continue to practice, then I felt very confident, like nothing, nothing is going to, nothing in the field of practicing law is going to really be what I want to do. But it did provide me that sort of like more set schedule, interesting work, certainly not anywhere close to what you make in big law, but gave me the time to figure out like what do I actually want to do next right and it was a transition that you could survive versus six more years in big law would just not have been feasible yes yeah no (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like you're like oh my god god no (laughs) oh man good times (laughs) so so you're there you're like not super miserable, but you're pretty clear you don't want to be a lawyer. So how did you start tapping into what would your career be after that? Kind of knowing that that was the plan. Um, well, so a couple of things. One of the things that I sort of realized, especially working in that job, was I really liked writing. That was correct. That assessment mm-hmm. <laughs> all those years ago had been accurate. Um, but I didn't necessarily love research. Like I didn't hate it. It was yeah. fine. But, um, and I tell this to people all the time, like there are approximately a million jobs where you can write that are not lawyer jobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's um, like so awkward because people always say that, well, I like to write. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and so um, I, I knew that, I liked that. And that was something that I wanted to continue to do. And I, um, I did some of my own writing. I also, my church for a period of time had sort of a writing team that would write, um, kind of like devotional literature, um, Mm -hmm. for the congregation. And I volunteered to be a part of that team. So I just, um, I basically spent time figuring out what it was that I actually liked to do and not necessarily like, you know, so that I can make it into my career. Um, but just like, who am I if I'm not a lawyer? Right. What do I actually like now that I have, you know, some time to think about it and I'm not only billing all the time. Right. Um, and I actually had, so, so the podcast that I have is the Former Lawyer Podcast. Uh, the website is formerlawyer.com. And I actually bought that domain in 2011, which was the year, like I was still in big law. It was like right around the time that I was leaving. And I knew that yeah. I wasn't going to be leaving the law right away because of the fact that for us, we really wanted to pay off our student loans yeah um to just open up our our possibilities as much of as much as possible yeah um but like I remember walking around our neighborhood it was like 10 at night because it was the only time it's the 
both me and my husband, we both worked in a big law. So it was like the only time that we both were like free and mostly not getting harangued by emails and um, having these conversations about like the former lawyer podcast and like this should exist. And like, why doesn't it exist? Because I was in that place of like, I don't know what I want to do. Like what, what people say lawyers do all these other things, but then like you try to actually like Google it. Like, and you're like, I know. You posted that on, on, on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, I so did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that also, and, and I mean, for me, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm going to turn that into a business. It was like, I just, this thing needs to exist. I have this yeah. very strong feeling, belief that like, this is a thing that needs to exist in the world. And someday I am going to do it. Um and so I mean, that's interesting because that's pretty forethoughtful, you know, like I, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of years in advance. I don't even know that I was like listening to podcasts in 2011. <laughs> yeah, it's um it I I look back on that and I think I don't know, I think some people would think like, oh well, that means you like definitely knew it was going to be how it is now or whatever. But like that is I it was just like this is a thing that I want to exist in the world and someday I will make it happen. That was yeah. like the extent of, um, of all that. So fast forward, um, I had, uh, my first daughter in 2015 and then my second and last daughter in <laughs> slash kid in yeah. 2018. And I say that cause I had hyperemesis with both of them, which is like severe vomiting, um, um. for like six plus months. And it was very intense and I was extremely happy that I was not in big law because I honestly don't know how I would have functioned. Um, Anyway, and our second daughter was born in July of 2018 and in June of 2018, we paid off our student loans and in May of 2018... Yeah, and they may have even focused on that because I think people feel like that's literally impossible, and then you just are like, <laughs> no, it's like the plan, but you do it right, like, yeah, and, and like it was ten years. We had been out of law school yeah. for ten years at that point, so it certainly it yeah. wasn't like oh, which like that's a whole separate rant that I can go on about like personal finance mm-hmm. and discussion of paying off debt and how I just think the way it's talked about for people who have taken on a lot of school debt is like very soul crushing because it's like just eat rice and beans for a year and like you can pay off your debt and I'm like not if you literally have like a mortgage size amount of money um yeah so so I had been planning to go back to the court after our youngest was born and then Mm -hmm. it was May we were like looking at everything it was like oh like not oh like surprising but because we obviously we knew it was coming but I was like hey we're gonna pay off our loans in June and you know at this point like I liked my job it was a good job there were many things that were great about it like I said it's like the best lawyer job that exists but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to be doing forever and you know like Megan, we were talking before we started recording, like doing other things while you have a full-time job is very difficult. There are lots of people who have side hustles and I admire them. Um, But for me, particularly with young kids and also because of my clinical anxiety, like my bandwidth is just not I just don't have the capacity to be like, well, I'm just going to sleep less because that 
for me has an impact on my anxiety yeah. and it's just like a domino effect. So, uh, I was playing, I, it was like May of 2018. I was planning to go back after our youngest was born and then sort of had this realization of like, Oh, well, we're going to pay off our loans, which is something we've been working towards for 10 years. So it felt surreal. Yeah. And I don't, because of our situation, it was like, I don't have to go back. I can do something else. And I was like, Oh, well, yeah, I think I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, and my judge was extremely understanding because of course I had been saying, telling Right. I had been planning to go back and I did let them know like as soon as I decided yeah um that I wasn't going to be coming back but decided in late May that I wouldn't be, com- be going back worked through until um my youngest was born and then I was out and I have been ever since and um yeah so did, I'm happy to sorry know what you were going to do like were you like I just know it's not this is just the time and but did you have like an idea of like what you were going to throw yourself into or was it then a oh okay what am I really going to do now so I I had some ideas of things that I wanted to do um but because of as I mentioned like just doing this sort of like exploration of like what is it that that I actually like what is it that I'm actually Mm -hmm. good at and also want to do like right really basic questions that were actually very revolutionary, um, for me. Um, but most of that was a little bit on the back burner because, um, for me, the, the first year of my oldest daughter's life was like a very intense, like just survive kind of year. Um, Mm. I think part of that was my personality. Part of that was the fact that I have clinical anxiety. Part of it is just like, that's just how it is when you have a tiny baby. And so basically I was like, okay, I'm going to basically take a year, like take a year, survive it essentially. And like, Mm -hmm. not really think about exactly what I'm going to be doing next, even though I know I'm doing something next. Um, And that mostly worked except by around, so she was born in July and by May, I was like, okay, I like have some other things that I like want to do. And that was, that was the point at at which I realized like, oh, hey, if I want to do this podcast thing, like maybe I should just do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I also started doing some like other writing. I had a piece published. Uh, in an online magazine that I read in May of 2019. And so I was like kind of pursuing that sort of thing. And then also the former lawyer stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also wrangling to at the time for and two kids who are four and one. So that was how, where I ended up by last summer, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So then you started the podcast and it's really grown into, you know, like a whole empire (laughs) for (laughs) lack of a better word, but you know, like it it has really blossomed into a, into a career. Maybe you can sort of tell us about how that evolved and what you're doing within that sort of, you know, former lawyer world. Yeah. So like I said, 
like the podcast was the thing that I had known for, you know, 10 years that I wanted to create. And to Mm -hmm. be clear, like I knew nothing about podcasting. Like I listened to podcasts, not the same as creating a podcast. Like I'd never edited audio. I knew nothing (laughs) about like social media. I like, I just joined Instagram in like the fall of 2018, maybe like I just, I mean, none, none of it was like, oh, well, I'll just pull out my handy skills that are related to this enterprise from this other thing and so um I the only other thing in addition to the podcast that I'd always sort of had and I was a confidential community for lawyers that would help them figure out what to do next because you know I when I first realized I wanted out I felt very alone because I felt like I was the only one like everyone else likes this what's wrong with me you know I, there must be something wrong with me that I don't like this. There's this narrative, I think, in the law bubble of like, you know, oh, if you don't like it, it's because you can't hack it as opposed to just like, hey, maybe you have other preferences and this is not the particular job that aligns um, for you. And so there was that piece of it. And then also, you know, I said earlier that I had this like, I have, I know I don't want this, but I have no idea what I do want to do and I felt like there was a lot of like stumbling around and like googling of like alternative careers for lawyers and like just searching indeed for like I don't even know what like just like looking through job listings and being like the, I don't would I like this I don't know like and so um and well and also like that issue of there's a difference between like sitting with your coworkers and everyone's like I don't know, talking about how much the job sucks and then like actually doing something about it. Right. So I, I felt like there needs to be something to help people actually learn about what they want to do, like what they want from their career, what they want from their life, what other careers are out there that might be a good fit for their skills. And now I, I realize, um, more so than I did when I was first sort of like making the move out of big law that uh, you don't have to have as much of a like one-to-one correspondence between your like lawyer skills and whatever the next job is, as I think a lot of us think we do um, because it feels safer to look for something that's more similar to what we're doing. Anyway, that's just a side note. Also like your comment about Googling for jobs. It's like, You get the most obvious things that, like, you probably already knew, but you're like, maybe there's something beyond this still small box of options. Right, right. And then also it's like, you know, but how do I get that job? I know nothing about that field. Like, I don't know what the salaries are like. Like, you know, it's just, and you're like, well, I'm supposed to network, but how do I do that? Because I'm in this other job. I don't want them to know I'm looking, you know, because I feel like everyone is like constantly paranoid that they're going to get fired if someone knows that they're unhappy, which um, is maybe not completely based in reality, but like, it's a very real feeling. Anyway, so all of this, you know, I, I really believe that something like that needed to exist because that's what I wish existed when I was in that place of like, okay, I want out, but what's next? Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I started the podcast and I 
originally was planning to start some sort of uh, community. Um, and I know we talked about this before we started recording, Megan, but like I got some advice from my very first business coaches that they were basically like, oh, we don't think that's a good idea. And I mean, I'm not some like online business guru. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not some like amazing, uh, I don't know, salesperson. I don't have any sort of background in any of that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, well, they're the experts. They know a lot more. And and I, honestly, I had so many other pieces of like the formal lawyer stuff that I was working on that I was like, okay, well, I guess I should just work on other things. Yeah. Um, anyway, fast forward, I ended up running a small group program early this year with a handful of lawyers who were wanting to make a change. And that was really helpful because um, working with people, it w- wasn't like one-on-one, um, but it was, you know, just a few people mm-hmm. uh, really helped me see like what it was, how, how people thought about what they were doing and what they needed. Um versus sort of like where I was in terms of knowing like all of the work that needs to happen right because a lot of people a lot of lawyers are like oh well I just need to like find another job and know how to like put my resume in shape for like that particular job and like yes that's totally a part of it um but there's that whole beginning piece that a lot of people jump over which is like what is it that I actually want from my career? Why did I choose to go to law school? Like the questions that we talk about on, that you talk about on this podcast or that I talk about on my podcast. Exploration. mm -hmm, You know, what was I hoping to get from being a lawyer? What do I think I still, like, why is it so hard for me to think about moving away from this? Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things, which I think sound a little like woo woo, but, but, like if people don't do that work, yeah, then they never job in the first place. <laughs> right. They're just going to pick yeah. another job with the same sort of mindset as they did had when they picked lawyering. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to end up in a similar position, right? Yeah. And so um, so I basically took what I learned from that small group program and and when I was running it or getting ready to run it, I ended up having a bunch of one-on-one conversations with people about what they were needing or what they would like. And it came up multiple times that people were interested in essentially some sort of like community, but with like some sort of like framework to follow Uh and access to, you know, information in terms of like other former lawyers who are doing other things. And I was like, you're literally describing the thing that I have wanted to create. And <laughs> like, okay, this is a sign. I just yeah. need to do it. So I baited that program. I did a beta of that program mm-hmm. in April um, of this year and then opened it up in May for basically all lawyers. Um, and it is essentially what I'm describing, right? So. Right. It's called the Former Lawyer Collaborative. It is a confidential community where lawyers who know that they want out of their jobs can come in. There's a framework for sort of like, here's what you need to work through in order to actually figure out what you want to do next. Mm -hmm. Here's how to get there. Um, And here are the tools that you need. So we have panels with people who have moved on to different careers. We have workshops about- I was on one. 
Yes, <laughs> Megan was on one, which was our higher ed law school administration panel. We just had um, last night or no, Tuesday. So a couple of nights ago, a building an online business panel with uh, three former lawyers who have all built different types of online businesses. We had one a couple of weeks ago that was um, lawyers who are pursuing freelance writing careers. Uh, we have, and then we have a group call every month where people just come on and we talk about all of the stuff that they're dealing with and like what they're needing, mm-hmm. um, what they're looking for. I have the ability to sort of like go to my network on LinkedIn now, which is pretty large and say like, Hey, I have a person in my program who's interested in X field. Does anyone here yeah. like work in that field or know someone and then like connect people that way? So, um, so yeah, that's cool. the former lawyer collaborative. And it's like, I, I literally cannot express how amazing it is to like have the podcast and now have this yeah. program and to see it helping people and I mean I uh, like, imagine it's exactly what you were saying like you know we all went through that what would life have been like had that resource been available to us you know yeah yeah and so um so yeah so basically I, I the way I describe it is I say I help lawyers in four ways one the former lawyer podcast which is a weekly podcast where I interview former lawyers who are now doing other things so that people can hear those stories um two I have a free guide which is first steps to leaving the law which people can download at formerlawyer.com slash guide and then once a month I run an intensive that's like a 90 minute you know you're a lawyer, you know, you want out, you have no idea what you want to do next. Let's figure out like, what is your very next step? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I run that live once a month right now. And then um, like the signature program that I run is the collaborative. And that is a group of over 35 lawyers and growing wow. who are working to figure out what they really want to do and to ditch their soul sucking lawyer jobs and do something else with their lives which is just I I, like I it's it feels like a dream (laughs) yeah and like it's so cool to be like this thing that like so long ago you sort of had this vague conception of now to see that you literally built it is I, I would imagine just very gratifying and something that you care about doing and love doing yeah it it is amazing. And, um, it's just like, I, I, like, I, I literally don't have words, um, because it's just been so cool and it's just so incredible to see people doing things that are like literally changing their lives, like letting go of that idea of like, well, if I'm not a lawyer, then like, who am I? And, figuring out what they actually want to do. And, and, and I will say this, like I, some of the stuff I think sounds very like esoteric and like meta and a lot of it is right. But for me, like, you know, my story is also very practical. Like I practiced for 10 years. Uh, We had a plan. We paid off our student loans. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to look at someone and say like, your only solution is to just like quit right now. And, you know, 
student loans be damned if you have them. Right. Um, I mean, maybe for some people, I think that is what they ultimately decide is the right thing for them. But for me, it's much more like, how can we, how can we set you up to make that plan that yeah. might be a, you know, two year, three year, five year, you know, in my case, 10 year plan. Um, oh. Because yeah, I think sometimes it can seem like, oh, that's so long. I kind of would rather just hope that somehow it all works out Yeah, and I get out. But the reality is like every day that you're not working towards a plan and figuring out what you actually want is really just another day that you're going to be stuck more or less where you are, right? Because right. if ultimately it requires a two, three, five, 10 year plan, like- right. Start it now. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like start today. Like literally, like yeah, start today. Really think current you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so I just like to say that because I think that sometimes yeah. in like the career transition space, there's a little bit of like follow your bliss and like right. don't be constrained by whatever. And like that is not uh I no (laughs) like there's a yin and a yang to it it's like yes you want to tap into some things you might not have thought about that you know maybe do resonate with you more but also have a plan you know yeah if that's what makes sense like it's not it doesn't have to be all or nothing I think those two kind of sides of the process go hand in hand yeah I think that's right yeah I mean I feel you like there's this you know, I think you and I feel this way and there's some other sort of members of, you know, our little community that really, you know, you go through this live, living through being a lawyer and being miserable in it. And you realize there's such a broad community of people experiencing that <laughs> yes. and just feeling like, yeah, like I just, those are my people and I just want to help them a little bit, you know, yes. like we're kind of all in this together. It's like, you know, I always say it's like having all just been kind of hazed at a fraternity together. Yeah. It's like a connection you can't quite explain. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is something really powerful about just um, knowing that you're not alone or I can't remember who wrote this, but there's this like idea of like finding a friend where it's like part of what makes that connection is having the like, oh, you too kind of. um moment of like oh I'm not the only one who is having this experience or like oh I'm not the only one who is really actually trying to do something to change this even though it's hard and sometimes feels like is this ever actually going to happen right Um, right I mean I think the community that you have is so good for that because you know there are so many um people and forces telling you that you should stay in this good job that's highly respected that you spent a lot of money getting yourself into like those messages abound and mm-hmm. find a, like space where other people are encouraging and see the world a bit more like you see it is just I think liberating I would imagine <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm just realizing like the lawyer world is not actually the real world like the, the, the lawyer world where everyone thinks a certain way for the most part about, especially if you're in a big firm, like about your job and what it should be like and what it says about you. And like, 
what it means if you're not, choose not to do that job, like all of that stuff, all of those stories that you feel like everyone believes, like that's just, that is reality. Yep. Like that's actually what I call the lawyer bubble. Yep. And when you can step outside of that and see like, hey, actually that's not how everyone thinks. And I don't need to sort of buy into that unless I choose to. Right. Um, that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it is a real thing, that bubble. <laughs> yes, it's so real. <laughs> you see it from the outside where you're just like, oh, no, that's not how everybody else functions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like you're allowed to just like not like your job and do something else. And it's yeah. not like, uh, you know, yeah, judgment on your like moral worth as a person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It sounds so silly when you say it, but you're like, that is sort of deeply how a lot of us feel at a point, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, I want to wrap up. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, tell us where people can find you. I really, I, I'm so excited about what you're doing. I feel so invested in what you're doing as like our little sort of uh, <laughs> podcast at the same time. And I'm just, yes. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't mean this condescendingly. I'm just like so proud to see what you've done in the last year. It's just great. And I think it's a really amazing resource. So tell people where they can find you. I appreciate that so much. Uh, basically, people can just go to formerlawyer.com. That's the domain that I bought in 2011. Yeah. And when you go when you go there, like at the top of the page, there are links to the podcast, um, to the collaborative, to the free guide, to the intensive, um, and then all of my social media links also. So if you go to formerlawyer.com, you can basically find all of the things and find me everywhere that I am on the internet. All right. Well, Sarah, it's been fun chatting with you as always. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and, you know, tell us about your journey and all the former lawyer stuff. Um, I feel like it won't be the last time we speak. (laughs) Definitely not. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I love what you're doing. And I mean, it's just been super exciting to see uh another person who is my kindred spirit in this i know (laughs) talk about people on the same plane as you (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks again sarah